wait a minute, wait turn, a minute. On the radio. turn on the radio My homie got a new show and it's time to play it's it though play I it hope you right. got in tune, got he in talking tune. bigger business Welcome to the Startup Showcase, I'm your host Scott Katoon, Marcy I remember that play from Dwayne Wise on that perfect game like it was yesterday that is an amazing, amazing, amazing... And hey, the Sox are here on the WGN Radio. I'm so excited about baseball season coming uh, coming to play here. Sox are looking good. The Combine is in town. Not in town, it's in Indy. Things are going crazy. Um, how about you, though? Ashley, what's going on in your life? Man, it's just going to be a lot of basketball today because I'm dating a basketball fan. So Uh-oh. that's how it's basketball, basketball, basketball. Is he a gambling degenerate as well or no? He tries not to be. Um he you don't marry the ones that are, usually. <laughs> Unless they win all the time, in which case, you know, whatever. He, the few times he has, he, they were like the ones that were the most in favor kind of thing, and he's oh. lost. So he's like, you know what, maybe it's not my game. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's so funny. It's like any time, I'm the same way, if I ever bet on anything that like I have any rooting interest in, <laughs> I lose every single time. And like the most obvious picks, I lose every time. So maybe there's something to be said about that. Um it's been kind of a crazy week. I feel like i coming over a cold a little bit, so I pardon the nasally sounding show today. Um, but I, I woke up on Monday, and I felt like it was Wednesday. On Wednesday, I felt like it was Monday. I'm like completely lost. I don't know about you. Like, have you, are you feeling the same way as um, I am? Like, Definitely, definitely. On Tuesday, I thought it was like Thursday, and I don't know why. Like, my days usually are the same. Like, you know, do the same. Likewise. Type of same situations, but I know what you mean. I wonder if it's just with the wacky weather kind of thing. I don't, I'll tell you this. This show starts at noon, and it's already 12-12. I mean, that, that's how lost we are. Yeah, we're just <laughs> that's like, That's how lost we are. <laughs> uh, okay, we got a great show for us today, um, I think, at least. Uh, two interesting pieces. One, I'm going to come back after the commercial break, and I say I'm talking you off the edge. I'm really talking myself off the edge. The Y-Charts stock market report that I'm going to go into. We, haven't, we need to name this, Ashley. Do, people can text in with this. What should I call this segment? And please keep it clean. 312-981-7200. You can call in and share if you want to. Just text it, uh, text it to the line. We, I have no name for this like market update. It's market thing. I, it's really just like what I looked at last week and thought for this week. <laughs> There's no real name for it. But That's the title right there. That's what the, I looked at last week. This is <laughs> Welcome to the Y Charts. What I looked at last week and what I think I'm going to do with that information this week segment. Um, obviously everybody, including the 847 who, te- who texted in last week and said, don't use the R word. I'm still not using the R word. Recession is not being used. Um, I'm just going to say it's three consecutive days of a thousand point drop. I'm just saying, uh, all the gains are back to like June of last year. Just saying, um, so I'm going to try to see, I'm already off the rails. I'm going to try to keep myself from flying off the rails on my market piece because I, I actually pulled all my money out a week ago for the most part. Um, so I'm good. Like I'm real good. Uh, but I, I don't, there's, this is an opportunity. It could keep slide. I want to talk a little bit about the rationale behind all of this craziness um, and make it worthwhile to you because here's what I'm going to be looking for next week. I got a couple of stocks. I call it my, my bomb shelter stocks. These are the kind of things that I invest in when I think I should be moving to a bomb shelter. Uh, I'm not saying I'm there yet, but I'm, let's just say I'm looking at properties. Uh, so we'll come in with that. And then I think we're going to have an elongated uh, second half with the call in the pitch because it's called Jane West. Uh, the cannabis industry is booming. Business is booming. 
And Chicago, Illinois as a whole, you can now buy legal cannabis. The dispensaries are all over the place. I, I'm quoting this from memory. I want to say the first month that it was available, over $40 million was brought into the city of Chicago, something like that. It's crazy. And, and to all of you municipalities out there, uh, <clears throat> Glen Ellen, the one I live in, who are trying to opt out of cannabis as a thing, what are you just like, do you like paying taxes? I don't understand. Um, this is a hot topic, and I would love for people to call in. I would love for people to text again, uh, 312-981-7200. You can tweet at me, at Katoon, at Technori, whatever, if you're so inclined. Uh, this is an interesting conversation that I think a lot of people want to get involved in because it's it's a booming industry. It's it's in my opinion no different than like the the alcohol industry. There are positives, there are negatives. Um, there are positive tests, there are negative tests. <laughs> there's a lot of things, but there's also a lot of money to be made in this industry that has nothing to do with the actual whether it's medical use or personal use. It has nothing to do with the actual cannabis. And Jane West is one of them. There's a, a stigma that has to change if this is going to become mainstream to those people who are you know previously never thought of using cannabis. And it's personally, I'm not investing in. I have one stock that I've invested in, Can Trust, and I'm getting, um, I'm take, being taken to the cleaners with it. That's a whole other story. Uh, so I, I'm not a big investor in the cannabis space, but I do see the opportunity. So I want to learn more about that and, and have people call in and text about that. Uh, and of course, before I run out of this, if you're not listening to the podcast, um, it's better than this, to be totally frank. Not just because I can say bad words on it, but it's also just uh, a more in-depth, slower pace where I can talk to the founders and the CEOs and investors about why and what they do. So you should definitely follow the Technology Podcast on Spotify. We're going to take a commercial break. Uh, I know you just got done listening to eight minutes of commercials, but I'm going to give you another couple minutes, so go get yourself a coffee. We'll be back right after this. All right, folks, I'm going to uh, do my best to not leap off of a building uh, watching the stock market tumbling down uh as i said before i actually pulled most of my stocks i don't know why i'm going nuts over it but it's just it's one of those things where we've been talking about this and talking about this and talking about this and i don't have like the answer other than to say like the coronavirus is obviously having an effect of course naturally um but it's almost a matter of uh things sort of coming all together at one time um there's been some inflation on the value of a lot of stocks. I'm speaking particularly about tech stocks, but hitting all-time highs month after week after week after week after month after month after day. Um, and then you look at like the, the, the surrounding sort of attributes and, and the, the reporting in of like losses and you know not tremendous revenue growth, although in some cases Tesla's a you know, different story, Apple's a different story. Um, there's no rhyme or reason why they're growing so quickly. And then all of a sudden the coronavirus comes in and you're, and you're like, okay, when's that going to like, that should have a crash. And you've got the, um, you know, everything else coming down. They're like, oh, the impeachment deal, the, the campaign for president, all this stuff. Like, when is it going to happen? And then all of a sudden people are like, oh, forget it. It's, it's safe. <laughs> it's good. And then boom, three days in a row we have this crash. Well, not crash, micro. Um, so yeah, we got a, t- a texter, 773, time to buy. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, I'm not sure we've hit the bottom of this yet, so I'm going to say I'm buying, but I'm actually going to switch my tactics. So right now, uh, a couple of things in this, in this are tech stocks, but don't tangentially, I call this storm shelter, bomb shelter for the layman. Um, 
on my M1 Finance, shout out to Chicago's uh, own M1 Finance. I use that app for a lot of my investing. Um, I call it the ATF app. Uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Under duress, people tend to kind of retract or retreat into their into their home and into whatever they're into. Um, I'm not the one breaking this, obviously. You know, Apple, Chevron, Walt Disney, all of these groups, UBS, all of these groups have taken a tumble along with everybody else last week as a result of, uh, you know, panic travelers, people working from home, stores being closed, uh, Shanghai and Hong Kong Disney parks closed, so on and so forth. Uh, and, and we're seeing panic now. I mean, here in the States, you got Amazon uh, reportedly memoing all of their people uh, to not, you know, to restrict travel. And a bunch of companies taking on the policy of the no handshake and the head nod and all this stuff, trying to just trying to prepare. I was actually at a bunch of companies this week in Chicago, and they were all talking about uh, what are we going to do if it you know becomes a thing here in Chicago and need to work from behind. So here's what I got: <clears throat> the stocks that I am looking at right now. One of them is Twitter because if you're bored and you're at home, you're going to tweet more. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, Twitter stock popped seven percent. Uh, at the end of last week, Friday. So I think it's already seeing a little bit. Now, that's, of course, um, kind of driven by the political uh, cycle as well. But uh, another one I'm looking at, Zoom Communications. I'm buying Zoom tech stock. I was buying Zoom anyway, but now I'm buying more of it because if, in fact, people have to go uh, throughout, uh, you know, working from home and whatever, and, and I just got another text coming in. If it, if it spreads throughout the U.S., the markets will collapse further. No question about it, 708. No question. Um but there's still going to have to be business to be done. And they're going to be doing it via teleconference and things like that. And so I, I like Zoom as a stay-at-home stock. Um, I think online education, uh, TAL Education Group, TAL, uh, is another one where if if people are going to have to be home, these are things that they're going to be doing. And then, of course, the natural. If I'm at home, I'm on Roku, I'm on Peloton, um, I'm using any of the things that would be, you know, good at home. And when you're looking at stocks during a downturn, for me personally, I'm looking at Target and I'm looking at other stocks, um, you know, McDonald's type things that Walmart, that people are going to gravitate to. Amazon always wins, it feels like in this world. We're in a world where Amazon almost can't lose. Uh, so for at-home stocks, that's kind of where I am at with this. I, I like those stocks, but I'm a little bit cautious still. I'm not sure that we've seen the bottom of where this whole thing goes. And then I have to like flash over to the crypto side. Um, crypto in general is, uh, has been on a boom. It even has retracted, which I'm actually surprised about. I would, my guess, my prediction would be that if this coronavirus continues to, uh, do its thing across China, I, I actually think part of the crypto, um, the rising tide in the last couple of weeks has been a result of more people in China, uh, investing slash buying crypto, um, Bitcoin and other because they've been at home. They've been able to do that. Um, if we see more people sitting at, at home, I think you're going to see that that market go up even more. Uh, I think it's just a natural, like, what do you do when you have time, right? Um, <clears throat> and the last one I want to shout out to, which I like, it's kind of a result of uh, businesses that have to engage their customers remotely. The stock has been doing great anyway, so I'm, this isn't because of Corona or anything like that. This is just great performance. But a shout-out, nonetheless, to Chicago uh, company Sprout Social. They IPO'd a few weeks ago. I talked about this on the show. They have uh, done an extraordinary job. The first quarter in 2020, they reported over 30% 
uh, increase in in revenue year over year, quarter over quarter, and their stock popped twenty seven percent, while the rest of the market was dropping a thousand points on Thursday. Um, they were up to about twenty two dollars a share from seventeen. They nestled in at the end of Friday at the high end of nineteen bucks a share. I actually think the company is fantastic, but it's another example of like companies that all of these other bigger companies are going to need in order to manage the future, just like the Zoom conferences and social media and and all of the way that they communicate with their customers and their own employees. But obviously under a coronavirus scenario, uh, there's going to be even more need for that. So those are my picks on that. Um, I, I guess for me, I'm looking at like Monday. We'll see how it goes. If it continues to drop precipitously on monday if i wake up to a bunch of alerts saying pre-market trading is negative five percent for all the you know the stocks that i look at i'm probably going to hold off again because i i don't know about you guys but i've definitely been the dummy uh buying my way down the slide which i'd prefer not to do so uh stay tuned on that we have uh we got a a, we have we do commercial real quick we'll do a commercial real quick um we're going to come back with jane west the jane west of Jane West. They were uh, raising money right now. This is the second time you might be familiar with them. The second time they're raising a Republic. So you can invest in them for as little as $100. Register at Republic.co. I will tweet out links to everything. It is Republic.co slash Jane dash West. You can follow me at, at Technori or at Katoon, and that will uh, give you everything you need to know to, to follow along with this pitch. But I will again preface. I would love call-ins or at least text-ins um, before the pitch, because I want to leave the last like five, six minutes at the end of the show to talk to you about it, because I, I do think that people are a little confused about the cannabis thing. There's, there's a lot of confusion about what the opportunity represents. So uh, the phone number here, text in 312-981-7200. We will be back right after this. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Joining me on the call uh, on the phone today is Jane West, the Jane West of Jane West. Jane, are you there? Hi. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, so I'm super excited to to hear the pitch again for Jane West. Um, I think it's an interesting topic always, but it's an interesting topic in Chicago because Illinois is now a place that you can legally yes. purchase cannabis and cannabis-related yes. products. Uh, so why don't you give us the pitch, and then we'll go into all the good stuff. Absolutely. So we are a trusted product-centric brand on a mission to bring quality cannabis to millions of mainstream consumers. We do it all, one-stop shopping, and that's what really makes us different. We make the cannabis products that I use every day, both hard goods and consumables. So there's four main product verticals. The first is my glassware collection, the first products I designed designed in, in tandem with our glass manufacturer, Grav. Um, and that is our mint bong, which is currently being featured on Aquafina's Comedy Central show. Um, and the second set of hard goods we make is the travel collection. Now, these are small, portable, on-the-go pipes that I designed. Uh, we've landed 40,000 units of those products across the U.S. and Canada in the past 18 months. Then we also have consumables. So my eight favorite CBD products I've white-labeled, and those are available for sale online. And then lastly are our cannabis packaging partnerships. And this is how I'm able to bring quality cannabis products into 10 states right now by partnering with legal licensed entities and having them make our mini joints and flower packs. So those are the, that's how we are able to offer everything you need for one-stop shopping for flower consumers just like us. 
So I will add, I have seen the model, uh, not talking yeah. about cannabis, but the, the distribution model work very, <laughs> very well for local companies like Weinster who are trying to distribute wine, but they are not a wine distributor license. So they have to work with local uh, wineries. Mm-hmm. I've seen the same thing um, with Rack House Whiskey, which is another sort of you know deal that moves out small batch whiskey. So the model actually works exceptionally well. Um, why do you think the need for making like in particular on the marketing and the i'll call it the joy factor of cannabis Mm -hmm. why do you think that's so important (laughs) well right now cannabis isn't being marketed very well per se when you go into a dispensary experience if it's a strain-based environment it's very confusing to a brand new customer strain names really don't mean anything there's no one actually tracking the difference between sativa and indica. And if you're a brand new customer and really curious about incorporating cannabis into your lives, none of those words really mean anything. So the key thing that we do is simplify the buying process. As an expert cannabis consumer, I go through what is currently in the grows of all of my partners and hand-select flower strains that, that I simplify down into day and night. In general, our day strains are more uplifting, more energizing, and just like you're, you can expect with an indica, our night strains are more relaxing, more of a body buzz. And so I'm hand-selecting these flower choices and then simplifying the buying process by offering them to the customers in day and night. And then for our mini joints, they're made from pure bud. And in a lot of states right now, joints are being filled with shake and trim and not really what you're looking for in, the, in a final end product. So all of our packaging partners roll up our joints with pure bud. They're tiny. They're just 0.35 grams. They're exactly what you need. Um, won't get you too high, but it'll really get the intended effect. And so my, the most important thing we do every day as, as avid cannabis consumers is simplify this confusing, crowded shelf space that is the cannabis industry so that new consumers and our regular consumers can buy the products that they know, like, and trust. I was going to say, I mean, imagine how much money these municipalities, cities, states, federal would ring in if they actually were marketing to the regular people. Like Illinois brought in like $41 million in tax money in the first uh, first month that it was available. And that's to people who, I'm going to guess, based on the lines wrapped around the dispensary, uh, are known users. <laughs> like I would yes. imagine that this isn't new to them. When I, I sit yes. back and I talk to a couple of my friends who, um, some are into it, some are not into it. Um, I previously have not been. I'm not a person who ever, I think in my whole life, maybe once or twice, and even then I, I didn't mm-hmm. really notice anything. Now when I talk to them, it's like, Okay, so I can understand the different types of feelings that you would pull away from it. And right. if you're a busy, busy person, you enjoy, I mean, this sounds really debaucherous, but you would enjoy, <laughs> you know, getting drunk or whatever to like take the edge off. But yeah. now as you get older, you like, one, it's bad for your body. Two, absolutely, it's really difficult to like function and you yeah. can't have hangovers. And, and, and cannabis, you know, I think that there probably will be things that are bad about cannabis as well. You know, it just seems like everything fun well, has you know, negatives. We're, we're six years into legalization here in Colorado, and it is readily available. Like, you just, there's, there's hundreds of dispensaries. You go in with an ID to purchase. And we simply have not seen 
the types of public health concerns that prohibitionists were worried about when we first legalized. So, you know, our roads are just as safe. In fact, illicit teen use of drugs is down in the state. Um, and I consume on the regular and I'm still trying to find exactly what the bad side effects are. And a lot of people, like, I definitely replaced uh, my alcohol consumption with cannabis. You know, I'm 43 now and I can't do the hangovers. It's awful for your skin. It's terrible for your metabolism. You know, a joint is a zero calorie pick me up versus a glass of wine. Um, and it is a depressant, a depressant. We know alcohol is a depressant. So, um, but really also some of the groups that are really intrigued by the products that we bring to market are groups looking to replace their antidepressant or anti-anxiety medications with cannabis now that they can be more specific about what they're going for. And so there's a lot of people who, um, who yes, are sub, sub, supplement or replacing their alcohol intake, but it's most intriguing when I see people replacing some of their prescription intake. Um, and it, they're really excited about having this option. Completely agree. Um, what I will say, I, I guess... The thing that always gets me caught in this is, and I, this is people probably on WGenerator listening to this, like in their head, they're like, well, I cannot believe I'm listening to people talk about getting high on the radio. This is insane. Um, the reality is there are so many positives. You know, there's going to be negatives for everything, right? There's, there just mm-hmm. are negatives That's for true. everything that is good in life. It, it feels that mm-hmm. way. Um, but there are far more positives with regard mm-hmm. to this kind of thing versus other things. But I think mm-hmm. the one thing... That and I know that you will agree with me on this, and I, I'd love to talk more about how Jane West changes this. Um, there's a stigma, regardless of of all of the things that we talked about here, of people mm-hmm. who would not try cannabis or cannabis related treatment because of the stigma, or and not just because they didn't understand the strains and things like that, but just literally right, would right. like feel like it's you know hippie pot. They're fearful stuff. too. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And so we like you wonder why people spend money and and the and in the in the the tam the total adjustable market here is insane by the way um to dress up and have luxury branding luxury chocolate you know chewable edibles like there's mm-hmm. so much money going into this because i think people are going to need to feel a little bit more um like this is not you know an alleyway product if that makes sense right right no d- definitely i mean like the dominant consumers of cannabis, when you look at mainstream media, are, you know, like the Seth Rogen and the, the, the silly stoner dude culture. And, and that's really been identified with it a lot. And I really think, like, as the dominoes fall and more people come out of a closet, you know, the, the number of, of baby boomers consuming cannabis is exploding. Um, a lot of women are using it for, you know, different um, hormonal, fixing things with their hormones. There's um, a lot of products for when you're menstruating and reducing your pain there. I mean, as we start to find, see how all these different uptake methods vary as well, I mean, there are so many arthritic patients in Colorado using topicals solely, and that's, you know, they don't have psychoactive effects. And really it takes, like, for some, when there's that much stigma, like you're, like you're speaking of, revolving around cannabis, in many cases what you need is someone you know, like, and trust offering you a first-hand recommendation about a product. I mean, that's just how people, especially women and mothers like me, end up deciding to do, whether it's a new health routine or a trend, like you listen to your friends and people you know, like, and trust. And so as more and more people are comfortable 
admitting that, you know, they're not, they're going off the pain meds and going on to cannabis or that they found this other solution for their sleep at night or their anxiety and are talking about it, more and more people will try it because you're right. The stigma is thick, especially in the Midwest. Like I'm from Wisconsin and I just flew in yesterday from our partners out in Ohio and it is a very different mentality about what really cannabis is and what cannabis consumers look like. I think the other thing that really needs to happen is social use initiatives, which have kind of fallen by the wayside as legalization has expanded. But once we actually have places where people go and gather together and can also, you know, consume cannabis in a social setting, you'll then more people will come out of the woodwork. <laughs> you'll see all the different um, types of people who rely on cannabis for their relaxation and fun and not to mention the health and wellness benefits. So, you know, we have yoga studios here right now in Colorado, but um, we haven't quite gotten to full social use yet in any state. And as that starts to happen, then people really will literally come out of the woodwork and we'll see all the different faces of cannabis consumers that are out there. I I agree with you. I think the only, my only caution on that one is going to be, um, the, 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 when you smoke weed, it can be very fragrant. Um, my yeah. father-in-law was actually just watching our baby Vivian yesterday and was bringing up the fact that when they were in Vegas, they were walking around and all they smelled was mm-hmm. weed. And to be totally honest with you, like it reminds me of the hanging out downtown Milwaukee days and there's cigarettes mm-hmm. everywhere. And like mm-hmm. weed is a, it's a different kind of smell. Sense. Yes, yeah, definitely. definitely. But it's, I think that's something that needs to be considered. And like, then there's the whole vape thing and like, is, you know, people are vaping their brains out or lungs out. Yeah. I, I'd like to see, you know, this is a, sounds almost stupid, but we went through the, the prohibition with booze and that sparked what I think is a cultural phenomenon of binge drinking behavior, which I am definitely guilty of. Um, and then we, we kind of did the same thing with cigarettes where we made the, the Marlboro mm-hmm. Man and, the, and Joe Camel, Joe Cool, and you get like kids smoking cigarettes and it's all, it was all bad. There's mm-hmm. an opportunity with cannabis to do this differently. And Definitely. I would really like to see um, more of these groups like yourself come out and make it more, um, it's not abusive, it's uh, socially responsible and it's mm-hmm. considerate and it's not like walking around with a billabong. You know what I mean? I totally agree. And when you tie that into social use, your I your father in law wouldn't have smelled so much cannabis on the streets of Las Vegas if there was social use in adult only settings actually possible. Well, probably in Vegas like, he would. I, I think Vegas Right. <laughs> I, I could have probably Maybe. prefaced this and said, Can we talk about another area? Vegas and New Orleans are out. Other than those two, where else can we go? <laughs> The, the open open container laws, yes, I agree. Uh, any city that's open container laws, you're probably going to have a little bit more increased debauchery. But yes, I do think for like a lot of cust- like customers, students, people who live in apartment buildings, and adult parents who don't want to consume in their homes where their children are, these are all the different groups that are the ones puffing in that back alley yep. because they don't want to have another beer, they want to have a joint. And so I think the more places people you know it is a social drug and i think the more we can encourage adult only social use settings available in cities where cannabis is readily available then that'll take that off the streets and out of those back alleys um so i i I will i don't know i have some questions i would ask here um but i want to um i want to take i guess we're what's here 
One of the questions that we have from a texter here is uh, 773 is, on average, how much can a 250-pound man smoke and drive safely? That's a very specific weight, by the way. That's also my <laughs> weight, so I'm curious. Very... This, is, this person so... is asking for a friend. <laughs> yes, got it. Well, okay, so I'm not a medical professional. Correct. And, you know, cannabis is very different than alcohol in terms of, like, how it metabolizes in your body. And someone who uses it on the regular is going to process it very differently and be able to consume much more as patients do. All I can tell you is that, you know, we've been collecting public health data and transportation and road safety data in the states as they legalize. And there's a lot of prohibitionist groups that want to point fingers at that this is going to make our roads unsafe. And we simply haven't seen that. So we have not seen that the roads in Colorado over the past six years since any adult can walk into a store and buy cannabis have gotten have gotten less safe. Uh, yeah, I would, I would double back on that also. Also not a doctor, um, but uh, <laughs> played one on the radio once. Um, and, you know, I, I had the opportunity here in Chicago to hear some conversations around um, <clears throat> the, what was it, uh, economic development and sort of the decision process around cannabis here. And to be mm-hmm. totally honest with you, it cannot possibly be worse than people who are drinking and driving. Like it just, yeah, it just I mean, can't. I have to draw attention to that too. Like, and from being from Wisconsin where there's like more bars per capita, or at least they were when uh, I lived Water there. street is just booze. <laughs> alley. Right. And even the concept of last call, like, Hey, yeah. we know we've all been drinking here all night and we're about to close and it's 2am. So everybody get one more order two <laughs> right, before so, you go. I mean, I really think what we're seeing, especially across this country, is just like we we are a country of substance users as Americans with like we take more prescription medication than any other country. And we really need to just talk about substance use overall, including alcohol, including cannabis and including prescription drugs, which, you know, is a rampant issue, whether you want to get really serious with opioids or just, you know, students overusing um, Ritalin and whatnot. Like, we need to talk about all the substances. The real problem comes in multi-substance use and just not talking openly about, you know, what we're taking and what's safe and so what's that's, not. That's a whole, like, that's another show, another, po- that's a podcast. I know. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, but it's, 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 I think it's important to mention these. And I want to hear, we have only a couple minutes left, but I want to hear yeah, sorry. Uh, about it's, your the financial part of this, like the yes, race. But here's my yes. thing, right before we get to that, I, this, uh, plays a role in my investment idea, my, my thesis mm-hmm. and why I would invest in this. I work, obviously, a lot in media. We watch a lot of the things that a lot of younger millennials, it's not just millennials, it's actually Gen Z and younger, the Twitch audience. And mm-hmm. I will tell you, they do not, those in college do not frequent bars like we did. Those right. people are not um, inclined to get wrecked, as I would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like the whole, th- it's just totally different. I absolutely, and, and I've never in my life heard more people who are not, uh, what I would call sort of the degenerate behavioral type people <laughs> talking about uh, cannabis use in a responsible manner than I do now. And I absolutely can envision a time where it's like, Hey, do you guys want to go stop by this place and have a, you know, a couple of little, whatever, whether it's an edible or you're smoking or vaping, whatever. Um, right. and then heading home. And that being totally mm-hmm. normal, it's not the bar, it's not getting trashed mm-hmm. because of the mm-hmm. impact. So I think that there's a huge paradigm shift in the way people consume, and that's what I like yes. about this company and the way that you market it. So let's talk real Thank quick you. here. we got about a minute and a half. What yeah. is the financial takeaway? What, what are we investing in? What is the opportunity? Right. So this is our second round on Republic. In our first round two years ago, we raised 189 k from 550 
50 investors in 17 countries. And for me as a CEO, like being on Republic is a huge brand builder. Like we already, you know, we're, we're not even halfway through our campaign yet. And I already have almost doubled my invest, the number of investors. I'm already a quarter away to my goal, but also I've already like done an incredible lesson in brand building, especially in the cannabis space with so many limits on advertising and marketing using like what is with normal social channels. Um, it's really hard to get in front of those brand new customers. And so that's what Republic really allows me to do. You know, we've had over 15,000 people visit the website. They spend a lot of time reading about the brand, reading about my products, where we are, what we're building. And so for me, you know, equity crowdfunding has been just such an incredible experience. It's something I plan on, you know, continuing to use as a way to fund the company because I want invested customers. And that's exactly what we get by raising funds this way. Um, In our first campaign, I raised money to bring our CBD product to life. Now we have those eight, there's eight products readily available. You can buy them online. And um, now for this crowdfunding raise, um, we're bringing in capital to blow out our cannabis packaging partnerships because that has been um, our highest margin vertical. Also an incredible way to not just grow the brand like through a sale, but to truly establish the brand in the states where I am forming these long-term partnerships with natively owned, family-run and operated, diversely held companies that I love and trust uh, to make our cannabis products. So um, that's where we're really going to focus this uh, this year. That's what we're going to be spending this use of funds on. I'm we're on the cusp of being able to announce our first international deal, and so um, we've got a lot of excitement growing that way and. By being able to scale the company through these partnerships, that's what's really helped me to be able to grow and have it be manageable because my partners are doing all the heavy lifting and doing the sales and getting the product on the shelves um, and expanding the brand. And then especially in limited licensing states, I'm able to help them stand out among their cookie cutter competition as well. So it's very win-win, and I love, it. I love the way it's growing. I like this part of the business. I'm gonna. Uh, we have to take our break here. People can go and uh, and invest by going to republic.co/jane-west. Um, I will tweet this out. So at Katoon or at Technor, you'll find it, uh, and on Facebook and wherever else people are hey. playing around. Uh, Jane, thank you so much for taking the time. And thank uh, you. After this commercial, I'm gonna go back and talk a little bit why I like this as a potential investment. So we'll be back after this. Oh. Welcome back to the show. Um, we had some pretty good questions and comments. They had a couple people talking about how they've switched over uh, to trying marijuana instead of uh, taking different medication that they were taking for bipolar disorder. Uh, I've heard this a lot. There's some people who are, are for this and against it. Honestly, I'm not a judge or jury on that. Um, I'm not a person who's used cannabis. So I really can't speak to that. But I can speak to is what I see. And I see trends and what I smell. When I smell trends... Uh, of people changing their their tune on this, I will tell you from a let's let's break this into a couple pieces. From a business perspective, I can tell you that there are marketing companies that do not touch cannabis that are raking in money. Jane West is interesting to me because I can see, and I'm not I'm not referring to her as a gig economy by any stretch. There's a real company there, um, but I can see a world where there's people who have very very niche skills like marketing for cannabis, like creating unique products for cannabis that can plug in to those who are growers. And this could be for anything. I mean, you could be making kombucha for all I care. 
um, and find a way to market it to a certain audience and do so very successfully and make a good business. This one, cannabis is just such a huge industry and a huge business that I think that there's a lot of potential there. I think the, the, the ability to have kind of a boutique approach is super important if cannabis is going to take off because it's not just about the youngsters. Like you got to get a real, uh, you know, addressable market to be interested in order for this to take off and, and have the lobbying support and, and the government willing to take on whatever, um, you know, bad actions happen out of this. The, the money has to make sense is what I'm getting at. I like on her business the, the last part she talked about, <clears throat> the white labeling and, and sort of hand picking of product and creating unique applications and, and way to sell and providing, you know, keep in mind, a lot of the people who are in the space um, are not marketers. You know what I mean? And, and the funny thing is, like, I see a lot of people in the space uh, coming into the cannabis space on my end that are like financial people. They're like PE firm people. They don't even know it. We, they couldn't smell weed in a room if they walk, hit them in the face. But they saw the, the financial opportunity and vice versa. You see a lot of people who are coming from the growing and the marijuana sort of heavy uh, background. They were working in CBDs and edibles and things, and now they're in it. But they're not marketers. They're, they're not used to selling to someone who previously never considered buying this. In a lot of ways, this reminds me about uh, the kind of the gambling as we're seeing gambling enter Illinois. There's going to be a ton of people who are going to gamble who've never gambled before in their life. Uh, please don't gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Similar to this show. Do not invest money in the companies that you cannot afford to lose. Um, but it's, it, there's something unique here about people trying something new and, and a company that helps pave the way to make it more appropriate or consumable by you. And that's, what, that's what's happening here. So I like it. I think it's an interesting company. I've uh, avoided investing in cannabis stuff just because it's a space that I don't personally know. So take that for what it's worth. But I think it's worth looking into. You can, as I said, just follow us on Twitter and, and you'll be able to see the links. Uh, we have like 30 seconds. Ashley, do you have any thoughts on the cannabis space? You're, you are the demographic we're talking about. I'm a lot like you, though, where I've, I've never partaked, but I do feel like that is the area in which you should invest because that is the new up and coming. Not I don't want to say trend because it's yeah. not a trend. It's very medically proven that it does help people. So it's like one of those areas where it's like, just take a risk, see if you can do it's, it. And like it's you said, so if much you have more, the money, do it. Yeah, it's so <laughs> much more usable by your generation. Right. And, exactly. and there's no stigma for your generation. No, it really isn't. If you, if you use it, you use it. If you don't use it, people don't hate on you. It's one of those things where it's interchangeable. Cool. All right. Well, this has been a great show. I hope you guys appreciate it. Uh, I certainly appreciate you. You can follow me at Katoon. You can follow Technori at Technori. Download or follow the Technori podcast on Spotify. That is it for me. Boom. That's a wrap.